Blog Talk Radio. You're tuned in live to the free parking show on Block Talk Radio. If you miss Friday's morning's free-for-all, we'll give you a quick preview of what's going on. Uh, so last week, we officially partnered with Jock Journal and Jock Journal Radio. The sound quality, production, bits, and show will all, you know, drastically improve. Uh, we didn't have a date for the official relaunch until yesterday, so mark this down on your calendars. Monday, December 21st at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The three launch date, we're going from 9 to 10. Uh, and if you guys get a chance, check out the Nat Mash show, or the Nash and Matt show, as well as the morning drive at, jo- or at www.jjr.com. That's www.jjr.com. And last but not least, uh, shout out to the Patriots fan page. You guys have been awesome supporting us all year. And the new number here for just for this week alone, the coming up week, is 323-784-3608. Once again, that's 323-784-6308. Uh, so before we get into the, the – before we went into the planning for the show, Peter, you decided that the concussion story was such a huge topic. You decided to cancel the rant out and speak a little bit on this, right? Yeah, I did, um, and I just I really enjoyed it and your piece on the concussion thing. And anyone who follows him on Twitter or the page on Twitter or on Facebook, um, definitely go click on the link or just go to the website. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of talk about it just for a minute here because I think concussions are often overlooked in sports. I've definitely heard people say, "Well, concussions aren't that big of a deal." You know, people people can play with them, and, and you know, it's well, they can. It's not a big deal, but the thing is, it really is a big deal, and I and I think that if if the uh, NFL cared more about their players, they would um, have more protocols in place, like mandatory time off after a concussion. Because I've had, you know, I I'd tell you the truth, I've lost count of how many I've had. Um, mine are mostly non-sport related. I never played football or anything like that, but it's not fun when you have numerous ones because when you it, it's hard to describe what it's like to have one because after you have it, you're, you change a little bit as a person for a little while just because obviously your brain's rattled. And when you have numerous ones, it really can change you. You can, it's, it's, I don't know, you don't want to get out of bed sometimes in the morning. It's, you're really confused because you're, you're still trying to get, you're still trying to get right. But the problem is you, it's hard to when, when your brain is rattled. And, and then we hear about these players killing themselves or being depressed and, and anybody that's out there that's listening, I just want you to know from personal experience, I've had I've had days where it's hard to get out of bed. It's, it's hard for me to want to do certain things. I get confused and I get angry with myself. But at the end of the day, as long as as long as there's people there that want to help you out, and they and they care about you, just lean on them and then just go get a doctor and get the help you need right away. Don't wait. And if you've had a concussion or numerous ones, just take it easy on yourself. And don't put and try not to put yourself at risk. Sometimes they're unavoidable. Sometimes accidents happen where you're at work, you're at home, and something happens to you, and you can't avoid that. But just take care of yourself, and just if you're if you need help, go get the help you need because there just there's always somebody willing to help you. There's always doctors. Like I said, you got your family and friends, and, and concussions are definitely a major issue in the NFL. And I think they need to do a much better job of, of helping their players because frankly, I don't think the NFL gives a damn about what happens to them after they retire. With multiple, uh, head, with multiple head injuries. Uh, hold on, guys. We're going to go to the phone lines. 
Caller 609, area code, you're on the air. What you got? Hey, do me a favor, man. My son's a police officer. He's dressing up as Santa today for the kids, so he couldn't make the call. He's in the police leg. Um, he's up 29 to 15. He had Johnson, and he, and he, and he had, uh, what's his name, the kicker. And the other guy had Peterson. Here's his question. It's a PPR league. Does he go with Dalton or Rivers? I mean, Dalton or, or Russell Wilson. And then his running back problem is he's got McFadden, he's got Gurley, and he's got Ware. He's not sure which one of those three he needs to go in. And the other one is he's got Barnage, and he has that Jenkins uh, tight end from uh, New Orleans. If you could help him, he'd greatly appreciate it because he's playing Santa from 8 to 12. Uh, at our township, uh, he's a police officer. So, can you give him some advice? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll, we'll start off with the first one here. You said um, <clears throat> Russell Wilson or Andy Dalton. Um, yeah. This one, I think, is a little tough, but I think that Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, I think, is going to be back and forth, back and forth. I think that the ball's going to be in Dalton's hands a lot. Um, and the Ravens have kind of stepped up and played decent on defense lately. So I'm going to take Andy Dalton in that matchup. What do you think, Amos? Yeah, I would take Andy Dalton as well. I also think that game's going to be a high-scoring game, and I think Andy Dalton want to go with. Okay. Uh, the next one, uh, you said, said where? Um, Gurley and who else? Hold on, hold on. McFadden. Okay, go ahead, caller. McFadden, you said. Yes, sir. Um, that one's a little tougher. Um, I'm not going. I'm definitely going to stay away from McFadden. So it comes down to, to Gurley or where Gurley hasn't been playing all that great lately. Uh, because it's so unbelievably easy to stop. But um, where splits carries, uh, I'm probably going to stick with Gurley though. It's hard to set him the way he's been playing. Uh, the Rams. Defense isn't that great. They lost a lot on that defensive line, so I'm going to say you go have to go with Gurley here. I agree. I have Gurley going for a big game today. Okay, and the other one was either Barnage, who he has in now, or Jenkins, um, because like I said, Norley again, Jenkins only played 21 of 76 snaps, but there's one against an Orleans team who's bad. Barnage could. San Francisco has not given up a touchdown in seven weeks to a tight end, but it's a PPR league, um, so he's not sure. He's sitting. He's sitting Gates for sure. Um, so he thought between Barnage and, and Jenkins, and he wasn't sure who you guys thought. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh, yeah. You know that Saints defense is awful, so it's it does. I was thinking about you know Jenkins earlier this week because of how bad that team has played, especially against tight ends. Um, you saw the game like Greg Olson had against the, the Saints, um, but I think that Barnes is just a bigger part of that offense. You know, uh, he, he's one of the key pieces of that. Um, Brown's offense, and I think it helps that Manziel's coming back um, for him, although that's probably the weirdest sentence that anybody's ever said in football. I think it does help him that Manziel's coming back. Um, Barnridge, I'd say you stick here. I think that Jenkins might have a good game, but you got to look that he's buried in that team um, with the targets they have, because the, uh, first, they're going to go to the running back. Secondly, they're going to go to Vincent Jackson, and they're going to go to uh, Mike Evans, and then they're going to go to Jenkins. But on that Browns offense, it's Travis Belgerman and um, Barnridge, and that's it. So I think Barnridge is the, the key here. I agree with that. Is that all? 
Craig oh, Jenkins oh. is buried on that depth chart, and I think Gary Barnage is going to have a much bigger game and be a more vital part of that offense today. Okay. Hey, guys, I appreciate it very much. You know, when Junior gets back from playing Santa, I know he'll thank you guys, too. And like you said, what scared me with Russell Wilson was, you know, what if what if the, their CL defense puts up 14 points because Clawson's quarterback, and maybe they don't need uh, Russell Wilson to throw as much as it were. Like you said, I think Cincinnati-Pittsburgh could be a shootout. And, you know what I mean, that was my thinking also. So, again, I really appreciate you helping Junior out. Uh, you guys, best luck to you guys in Liberty playing this week. Um, you know, hopefully he wins this. He'll be in the semifinals. He's playing the same officer that he beat last week because they both are 85. So, thanks, thanks for your voice. I appreciate it very much. And you guys have a nice day. Thanks again. Hey, Dad, hey thanks for welcome. the call, man. All right. Anyway, before we move on to the uh, the poll results, uh, you know, I'm just going to touch quickly on what Peter was saying about the concussion issues. If you have not yet heard, read my article, it is available over at jockjournal.com. It's called The uh, Closer Look at NFL Concussion Policies, and apparently we've lost Ryan. Ryan, go ahead and dial back in. Uh, uh, Amos, do you have anything to add? Uh, no, I think Peter did a great job covering it. All right, so moving on before we get into the uh the the actual the mailbag portion and the show portion of it. Uh we uh asked the read that listeners on Tuesday night is Manziel the future of the Browns. 60% say only time will tell. 30% said yes and the other 10% no. Uh do you guys agree with the fans? I'm personally going to say no because he's had more than enough chances to be the guy there. Um I'm going to yeah, I agree with you. I don't. I don't think he's the guy, but at the same time, I don't. Personally, I don't think he's had all the amount of chances that probably should have had to prove that he was. Hasn't been able to get any consistency with them switching around three quarterbacks, basically, with McCown getting most of the starts. Has had a chance to get a part of that, you know, get a report with his receivers, get everybody on the same page, and get that offense running under what yeah, that offense would actually look like with him. But I don't think he's the guy. I think you'll see them draft probably another quarterback this year in the first round, and I think Manziel will probably end up in Dallas. Um, you know, I, when I when I read this poll question, I I saw the results. Um, I you know I don't I don't really, sorry I don't agree with the fans. Um, just because Manziel, and this isn't just an on the field thing for me; it's an off the field thing. The um the bad the bad judgment in his off week when he went to Austin and partied he lost a starting job for I think it was two weeks. To me that just that to me that shows signs of some maturity issues still. Um I know that he's played pretty well uh in the start against the Steelers despite the despite being blown on I think the end of score nine points. He played pretty well and threw for a lot of yards. But as far as I'm concerned I, I don't think he's the future in Cleveland. I think he just—I don't think he really wants to be there. Um, I, don't know, I just the way he acts in his attitude sometimes. I don't particularly care for, and I think he needs a fresh start. I'm with Amos. I think he's going to end up going to Dallas because number one, the, the backup quarterback situation in Dallas has just been pretty horrific, except for this past game by Matt Castle. It's halfway decent, um, and I think that you know Jerry Jones likes those bad boys. You know he here he has a Greg Hardy on his team, so he'll pretty much take anyone when he has a when he has a white beater like that, um, <clears throat> because that's what he is. 
So he'll definitely take Johnny Manziel, but Manziel is not the future in Cleveland. And I don't, even if he plays well down this four-game stretch, I think he'll be out of there because I think a new GM will be in town and a new head coach, and they just want to give him the start fresh. Yeah, for me, when they started Austin Davis, uh, this organization picked Austin Davis over Johnny Manziel. I think they sent a statement that uh, this is not our guy anymore. Uh, I think they're going back to him just to try to salvage something because you know, it's Austin Davis. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think he's done um, with his with the Cleveland Browns. And it is. It's exactly what uh, Peter said. It's not an on the field thing as much as it is an off the field thing. Uh, you see it everywhere in football. Uh, it really doesn't matter what you did um, criminally or off the field or scandal or whatever, as long as you can still play at a high level. Um, you know, you see Mike Vick come back. You see uh, Greg Hardy, Adrian Peterson. It doesn't matter. You'll come back as long as you can play at a high level. But if you have all these off-the-field issues and you're playing at the level that Johnny Manziel's playing, I mean, you're just you're adding insult to injury. He, he isn't that good of a quarterback at all. You know, easily one of the worst in the league um, at the position. And then on top of that, he has all of these off the field issues. I mean, you're just, that's way too much, uh, way too much for this organization to handle. He's a gigantic question mark on and off the field. Um, just a headache. I, I see, I see them going again, uh, back to the drawing board. Uh, I believe Amos said it drafting another quarterback high, um, coming out in the draft this year, cutting their ties. Uh, Dallas. I think could end up a spot or a spot where he ends up um, anywhere where Chip Kelly ends up. I think Johnny Menzel could end up um, because of his running ability. Uh, but you know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of suitors. I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams going after Menzel. But Dallas, you know, Jerry Jones has already said that he's you know really likes this kid. So you know, that's for the future to tell. But I think he is. I think this is his last year in a Browns uniform. All right, so before the mailbag, uh, the new poll question is, I know all season we've been talking about this youth and the teams on the rise. I think a good a good fan poll question is going to be, who makes the playoffs first out of the teams out of the rise? Uh, some teams, you know, that are being the poll question will be the Raiders, the Jaguars, the Texans. So look out for that poll question. Uh, follow us on Twitter if you don't. It's uh, the Free Parking Show. It's at free underscore parking. The P-A-R-R or all caps. All right, well, let's get into the mailbag. Go ahead, guys. All right, we got the fantasy football mailbag here. Um, you know, and feel free to call in if you have any questions uh, that you want answered live on the show. Um, but here's what we got so far. We got um, Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston. Mariota is taking... On the Jets this week, Winston's going to be taking on the Saints. Amos, who you, who do you think you should start in this? Uh, if you're deciding to do these two, you have to go with James Winston against that New Orleans defense. It's They've given up so many points to opposing arms this year, and I think it continues today. Uh, Mariota is going against that Jets defense, and as of late, they've been playing. You know, they tighten things up even without playing with Revis and – I think that defense is just going to shut him down, and I think if you if you have this in your sign, I think you have to go with Winston. 
Um, I'm going to completely agree here, uh, and it does come down to a matchup. You know, the Jets' defense is far superior uh, to the Saints' defense. You know, I think, I think on an even field, even teams, you know, even defenses, I'd take Mariota because of you know, less likely to make uh, bad mistakes, um, and then you know, uh, you've just been a little bit more accurate and stuff. But Winston uh, played really good last week. Is started to run the ball a little bit more we've seen which is great for fantasy his fantasy value um and the Saints defense is just so awful right now I mean if you need a quarterback just look who the Saints are playing each week and start that guy uh, it's you can play roulette all season long with your quarterbacks like that I mean it's completely awful uh next um a lot of people uh got hurt real bad when uh you know their fantasy team was took a big shot when Mark Ingram went down. So this uh person wrote in, should they go for CJ Spiller or Tim Hightower uh this week against Tampa Bay? We'll go with CJ Spiller. I he's just he, at this point in both their careers he's more talented back. He's got much more left in the tank. They signed him to that four year contract I think they finally get him going, and I think you may see a more explosive passing game because he can do a little more. I don't think Tim Hightower has that much left. If they use him, I can see him as like a goal line back or maybe a third down back at some short yardage. But other than that, I think it's C.J. Spiller all day. I completely agree with this, too. Uh, C.J. Spiller, the big thing for me is even when they had Mark Ingram, they weren't running the ball very much. You know, they, I mean, he was running the ball 9, 10 times a game there in the last uh, few weeks before the injury. Wasn't getting the ball in his hands much, uh, which led to lower production. Um, so even if Tim Hightower gets the majority of the carries, that's not that much. But they pass the ball you know, 80 times a game, it seems like, in New Orleans, and they're always behind. Uh, and C.J. Spiller works perfectly in their passing offense. You know, <clears throat> He's a really has really good hands, really good route runner out of the backfield. And I think that with Ingram out, that's only going to increase the time you see um, Spiller in the passing game. And I, so I think that definitely adds to his value. Uh, so I'll Spiller over Hightower, I agree. All right, the next one, we have Matthew Stafford, who's taking on the St. Louis Rams, or Tyrod Taylor, who's taking on the Eagles. This one is a pretty interesting one. Who do you take, Amos? Um, been going back and forth on this. But I think at the end, I'm going to take Tyrod Taylor. I know Matt Stafford has more weapons. Gump gets a decimated Rams secondary. But at the end of the day, I, as many, I've watched a bunch of Detroit games this year, and receivers aren't consistent. I mean, even when Stafford's gotten the ball there and they've got him there and he's got him perfect, that they seem to tend to drop the ball a little bit. And I know Golden Tate's been coming on lately, and Calvin Johnson has gotten much better lately. But I think Tyrod Taylor, especially because of his mobility and his able to be able to break it off and run when there's pressure and Sammy Watkins and LaShawn McCoy. I think at the end, I think I'm going to have to go with Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here. This uh, The Rams' defense is hurting in the back end, but they still have a really great front seven, and they're still going to get pressure. Um, I think that they're, you know, that they, uh, it's really going to hurt them because their offense is so bad. It's going to leave them in a lot of uh, bad spots. Um, but I don't think either of these two quarterbacks are really going to have that hard of a time against the team that they're playing. 
overall. And I think Taylor's running ability is what sets him apart. You know, the, because of, because of how many points you can get from a running quarterback, I think that he has a little bit better of a matchup because I think that Rams defense is pretty tough. Uh, still, that Tyrod Taylor has the easier matchup, and he's got the ability with his legs, which I think is the number one reason. Yeah, you take him over Stafford. And then next, uh, you know, every week I do my fantasy sleepers. So me and Amos are both going to give you a sleeper that could be a spot start for this week if you're looking for a guy. Uh, I think we both have wide receivers this week. So if you're looking for a wide receiver uh, to spot start this week, these are two guys to keep in mind. Who you got, Amos? Um, I'm actually going to go with Brian Harline, um, especially for PPR leagues. He's come on as of lately. He seems to be – they have Gary Barnage, and he's a great safety blanket, but he's – Brian Hartline's become that, too. He's got a couple 20-yard deep balls, and I think he's definitely got to look out for this week, especially if going against that 49ers defense, especially if you need just a guy you just need to start for a week or maybe two. With Manziel, I think he's going to be there. He's going to be a safety man, I think probably 11, 12 targets a game, and his hands are pretty sure he's made some great catches. And uh, like Ryan said, if you need a spot start, I'd be looking out for Brian Hartline on the waivers. Um, I have another wide receiver in this, uh, Doyle Green Beckham. I think that especially if you are in PPR and especially if you are in a dynasty league, this kid is six foot five, runs a four four forty. I mean, he is massive. He's fast. He definitely needs to improve his route running. Um, you know, he struggles sometimes. Doesn't finish off routes. Uh, but he did his first, you know, huge game last week um, for the Tennessee Titans. He had over a hundred yards and a touchdown. This week they go up against the Jets. It was a little bit tougher of a team, but Kendall Wright, the Titans' number one wide receiver, is out. Um, they have struggled to get wide receivers involved all season long. Uh, I think that they're going to really rely on uh, Dordo Greenbeckham today. I think they're going to try to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. He's always a red zone threat because of how, because of his size advantage over most defensive backs in this league. Um, <clears throat> and he can really come up and get the a jump ball. Uh, so I think that... Even though that they have a you know tougher matchup against the Jets, I think they're going to be looking to get uh, Doyle Green Beckham involved. Uh, I think you're going to see him a lot in in the red zone area where you know Mariota's been phenomenal in the red zone this year. He has the highest passer rating out of any quarterback in the league when he's inside the 20 yard line. Um, so Doyle Green Beckham and Brian Hartline, two wide receivers to keep in mind this week if you need a spot start at that position. And that's all I got on the fantasy football mailbag. All right. Uh, like I said, with the new uh, format coming, these guys, Ryan and Amos, uh, they will be doing a show on Tuesday nights from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Get your football questions in early, or, you know, we're still going to do a quick uh, couple minutes on the uh, preview preview shows. We'll be moved to, uh, I believe, what is it, Thursdays, right, guys? Yeah, I think Thursdays is the new preview show. Uh Let's get into these games. Uh, Lions or Rams, the Lions are only favored by three here. I think that's a little low considering how poorly the Rams' offense has played in recent weeks. I really don't think they can keep up with this resurging Lions team. I'll take the Lions and the points. Uh, Peter, neither team is expected to honestly compete for a playoff push, uh, but both teams have had some really, really interesting stories all season. 
Yeah, I don't think either one of these teams is going to make a playoff push. Um, and it's kind of interesting that you had mentioned, you know, major stories this year. The Lions started off playing some really bad football this year. Uh, there was rumors going around that maybe Jim Caldwell won't be back next year. And then the other one was Matthew Stafford. No one knew if he was going to come back next year. And it seemed like the team was just in shambles. And then all of a sudden they started winning some games and they started competing. Um, and when you really think about it, sitting at 4-8, and eight, which both they and the Rams are, the Lions could actually be 6-6 six and six had they not um, faced mass Aaron Rodgers at the end of that game. Perhaps, you know, well, the game would have ran out and the Hail Mary wouldn't have happened. And then against the Seahawks, and I and I know I've been talking about this for a while, but, you know, if maybe if the ref had got the right call, perhaps the Lions would have won that game. So it's kind of interesting to see how both of those games ending um, put them in a position to be 4 and eight. But at the same time, you know, the Lions shouldn't have had to put themselves in a the position to, um, to, well, all right, so I guess against Seattle, that was kind of like they were, they were playing from behind. But against Green Bay, that was just, you know, a Hail Mary. They, they only work once in a while. Um, so the Lions could be 6-6, six and six, and I think because they're 4-8 and eight and they've won some games, um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Caldwell and Matthew Stafford back next year. I think the, the general manager just needs to find um, more pieces to try to help in the run game and then also on the defense side of the football. And then you look at the Rams. You know, the Rams have one of the best defensive lines in all pro football and healthy, but the problem with the, with the Rams is enriched, and you and I and um, – and Ryan have talked about this to death, is just how bad their offense has been. Uh, Nick Foles hasn't been fantastic this season. I believe he's thrown seven touchdowns to ten interceptions. Um, Tavon Austin, he's a wide receiver, but they use him a lot to run the ball, too. So he's like a dual threat. And then you have Kenny Britt as your other wide receiver. And outside of that, and, and Gurley, and I guess even Jared Cook, they don't have that many weapons. And a lot of the receivers aren't that tall, and this team needs to figure something out heading into the offseason because they cannot continue to sputter on offense, which they have really since the day Jeff Fisher stepped in. Um, I think he's largely ignored the offense, and it's kind of a, you know, it's a little bit irritating to watch because you would think that Jeff Fisher being in his 20th year in the league would understand you need a good offense, you know, at least a halfway good, decent offense with some good players, you know, that can catch the ball, a quarterback that can make the throws to win games, and he just hasn't, he hasn't done that. So I, I think – at the end of the day, the Lions are going to win this, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Jeff Fisher fired by the end of the season um, and a new coach brought in to try to help jumpstart this woeful offense. Yeah, this one's uh, no surprise here. I'm going to take the Lions as well. Um, this Rams defense going up against the Lions offense will be fun to watch. You know, That part of the game will be, I think, a lot of fun. This Rams defense is still really good. This Lions offense has really found themselves in the last um, handful of weeks. So I think, you know, you have two really good, you know, one offensive unit, one defensive unit um, going head-to-head in the NFL. So I think it's going to be fun on that side of the ball. On the other side of the ball, I think it's going to be awful game to watch. Um, you know, we I mean, you, Peter said it perfectly right. We have talked this to death. This Rams offense is awful. I mean, we all know that. They do not have uh, any talent at quarterback, really. Nick Foles has completely dropped off. Um, they do have talent at wide receiver, but all of their wide receivers are... I think we're dropping people. Everybody call back in. Uh, I think Peter and I are the only ones still left. Yeah. So 
sorry about that, guys. It looks like two people. Uh, we lost Ryan and Amos. While we wait for Ryan and Amos to get in, hold on one second. I'm going to go ahead and send them a message to call back in. Well, let's see if we can get them back in right quick, guys. Sorry about this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think what it is is uh, this the new system is still getting up and running. Give them a few minutes. Let's see if it's allowing them. No, he lost Ryan. Sorry about this, guys. Uh, we're just waiting it out here. Hold on. All right, we got Amos. Amos is back. Uh, we're waiting on Ryan. Amos, why don't you go ahead and uh, pick up where Ryan left off? And we'll let. Oh wait, never mind. There's Ryan. All right, Ryan, go um, ahead. Hey, as you sorry were about saying. that, guys. Having some no, both. Yeah, both you and Amos just lost out. So go ahead and uh, pick up where you left off. Yeah, as I was saying, this team is um, one-dimensional. Uh, you know, it's all Todd Gurley. They do not have of a passing attack. And I think this line's defensive line has really stepped up and started playing well in the last couple of weeks. Um, Haloti Nod is an outstanding talent, even at his age. Uh, he still plays unbelievably well. We saw that last week at a really good game. Um, and he's going to continue. Uh, this defense is going to play well today. You know, if, if you another great spot start if you need a defense is the Detroit Lions defense since they're going up against this Rams offense. I know I picked them up in two different leagues. Um, to start uh, in place of Cincinnati, who plays Pittsburgh this week. This is uh, this is an easy game to pick. The Lions are going to win this. Uh, they're going to win it in impressive fashion just because the Rams have no offense. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with the Lions as well. I think they have more talent by far on that offensive side. I think Stafford possibility to have a big game, maybe even throw another five-touchdown game like his Thanksgiving Day game. I just think there's more talent on that defense to stop the Rams offense. Now I can see Theo Riddick having another good game out of the backfield, passing. As far as the Rams go, I know that front seven's good. That secondary is decimated. And I must disagree, I don't think they have really any talent at wide receiver. I think they have Tavon Austin. I think you see that with a lot of the trick plays that they try to run, with trying to get him on jet sweeps and just, you know, little bubble screens. But as far as that goes, I I don't see much off or down on that offense, especially at the quarterback position. I think I see Todd Gurley having a good game because that offensive line has done well at run blocking all year. I know Detroit's defensive line is great with his uh, Ezekiel Ansah and Haloti Nata. I think that secondary is great with Glover Quinn, and I just see the Lions coming out, and I'm with Rich. I'll take the Lions with the points. 49ers or Browns. Uh, I didn't know what to think on this one. Johnny Menzel gets another shot. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about this game because, uh, you know, 49ers and Browns. Uh, the biggest question, you know, I, I'm going to take uh, the 49ers here, but I don't think – you know, I, I'm still trying to figure out, Amos, why the Browns are favored by a point and a half. Well, that's obviously a typo because there's no way in the world the Browns are going to win this game. Even the man fell <laughs> under center. I know he might get his outside the pocket, get some passes. I know uh, he likes getting that ball to Duke Johnson, but I think 49ers have been playing great last couple of weeks. I mean, they've 
did done enough to win games. I think they Torrey Smith starts to get more active in that offense. And Flame Gabbert continues to kind of protect that ball and just do what he needs to do, go through his reads, make sure he hits the open man. I think as long as he saves that ball, I think the 49ers get out there with the win. Yeah, they're playing in Cleveland. Um, Mantell's going to be starting. Uh, that does give them a little bit better of a chance. But this, you know, you look at this 49ers defense, and they kind of stepped up and played pretty well last week. Um, Blaine Gabbard's been playing really impressively. He had the long, you know, touchdown on the top of the game last week. Um so it's, it's going to be a matchup between Johnny Manziel and Blaine Gabbert, but it's going to be an exciting game, believe it or not. Uh, I'm going to take the 49ers as well in this one. I think that they're just a better team right now. I think their defense is better. Um, and I think on offense, I think neither of these teams are really that impressive. But defensively, the 49ers shut down the run. I think they're just a little bit better of a team. Um, but this game could be exciting, could come down to the wire. This this game will be exciting. I'm actually I'm actually looking forward to this one a little bit. Um, Menzel and uh, yeah, Menzel and and Blaine Gabbert. This match where you probably never study here in the NFL, but Blaine Gabbert's probably been playing some good football in San Francisco, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Johnny Menzel can do. But I'm going to pick the 49ers to win this game. Um, I think that they're going to find some confidence after that that wild win last week, including where. As Ryan already mentioned, Blaine Gabbert ran off, ran 44 yards for a touchdown to help tie up the game. Just, just a fun game to watch, and I think today this will this will be interesting to watch. Just different different groups of teams, um, both playing for respect, and both are trying to look, you know, trying to salvage something this season before they go into next season and try to figure out their rosters. Uh, Redskins at Bears, guys. Uh, Chicago is favored by three and a half. Uh, you know, Skins are still in that, still somehow managing that. Uh, NFC East lead. Uh, it was a disappointing loss for them on Monday night. I went back, you know, I'm in this football pool with my brother-in-law. We're, we're trying to hit this money because, you know, a little bit of money in your pocket never hurt anyone. <laughs> and so on the pool, we kind of, I, I think when we did the four sheets, we had to split it up because I think it could really go either way. Uh, but for this pick, I'm going to take the Redskins. Uh, Ryan, the NFC, like I said, is basically wide open. But I think based off the scheduling, you know, it's either going to go to Philly or Washington. Uh, Dallas plays, you know, uh, the Green Bay later on this evening, and I think next week uh, the Giants are hosting the Panthers. Yeah, I think this is two teams that uh, really started to impress us. Um, and then last week really did not impress us. Neither team, um, you know, Robbie Golden's up missing that kick and uh, – the end of the game that could have won the game for the Bears um, and they lose to the 49ers <clears throat> but I think the Bears are going to bounce back here I think they end up beating uh, the Redskins this is an exciting matchup this is two teams that are really starting to come together um, two defenses that are starting to play better each and every week and two offenses that have the talent uh, to be really good offenses and I've shown that um, and a few weeks this season have really come out and played absolutely good football. Um, but I think that the Bears just have a little bit more. I think uh, Jay Cutler's got the more experience over Kirk Cousins, of course, and I think that makes a difference. I also think that they just have a little bit more talent on offense, you know, with um, 
Uh, Forte, I think, is going to be the best running back in this game. Alshon Jeffrey, I think, is the best receiver at this point in this game. So I think they just have a little bit more talent on offense, a little bit more experience, and, and out of the quarterback position. And I think that's going to be uh, why they win this game in the end. But this is an exciting game. It was a really hard one to pick. I went back and forth on it, and I'm excited to hear what you guys think about this one. Well, I think uh, I've been going back and forth on this game, too. I like Chicago at the end of the day. I think a lot of it depends on which Kirk Cousins we get. Kirk Cousins at home has been playing really, really good. Kirk Cousins on the road plays really, really bad. And I, I, I... I agree. I think Chicago just has more on offense. I think Alshon Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett, uh, they, the two-headed beast that's coming out with uh, Jeremy Langford and Matt Forte, I think that's going to be way too much for that Redskins defense to handle. And I just like what Jay Cutler's doing lately, too, being able to make plays down the field, and especially since having Jeffrey back, that offense has gotten tremendously better. I think... I like. I mean, the Redskins could win this game and win it easily. I think, but I just, I, I think you're going to see how Kirk Cousins plays again once again on the road, and whether they, I think they'll still win the NFC East. But I think, that, you know, I just see the Bears winning this game, no matter how exciting it is, no matter how many points that we put up. I think if it comes down to a last minute drive and that ball's in Cutler's hands, I don't think the Redskins are going to be able to stop him. You look at this. I look at this matchup. Um, I actually picked Washington to win this game, just because I I think you know they're so hot and cold. But they they lost last week in a heartbreaker, so I think they're going to win this game just because it's they seem to flip flop a lot. However, their their roles on the road could be a little concerning. But Chicago um, definitely showed some issues this past week against the 49ers. Of course, they could have won had the kicker made at least one of those field, made that field at the end of the game. Um, I don't want to blame it all on him, but that was, that was what sent it to overtime. And obviously eventually the 49ers won that game, but I like what I'm seeing from Chicago this year. I want to get, you know, especially Jay Cutler. He's played very good football. Um, they got a really good running backs to 14 and Langford, but I just got a feeling Washington's going to win this game. I think Kirk Cousins will do just enough to win it, and I think the run game will definitely help and open it up because Kirk Cousins, he's been pretty good throwing the ball deep to Deshaun Jackson, getting it to his tight end and other receivers, and I think he's been doing a really good job of checking it down and and um, throwing it to the um, getting the screen getting the screen plays um, set up right or at least executing them properly. So. I'm going to give the edge to Washington. I'm not going to. It's not going to be by much, but I'm going to take Washington away. This and Kirk Cousins has a good, has a halfway decent day. Um, not great numbers, but good enough to get the one. Seahawks or Ravens? Seattle is finally looking like the Seahawks, and, and you know, honestly, nothing the Ravens has done this year makes me really think they have a chance of winning this football game. This, you know, I know it's, it's it's any given Sunday, but this Ravens team is just decimated by injuries. I'm taking Seattle. I'm taking them to win big. Uh, Peter, the Seahawks team has gotten red hot as of late. Do we see another, uh, them making another run of the Super Bowl? I think that they can. Now, whether they will make a run to the Super Bowl is another question. It's something I, 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 I really am not sure of just because they're going to have to go to as a wild card, but I think they can do it. Um, and the reason, I'm not going to give a definitive answer, but I, I think 
I, I could see them doing it. And the reason I say that is because right now they're playing some of the best football in pro football right now. They're at the sixth seed. Um, teams behind them are Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Philly, the Giants, the Bears. So when you really look at it in that regard, unless Tampa Bay wins, wins out and does better than them because Seattle's at 7-5, I doubt they missed the playoffs. Um, I looked at Seattle's schedule heading to the last four games, including today. So today they're at the Ravens, and I'm going to fix Seattle to win. So I'll first Baltimore. Um, obviously, too many injuries, backup players. Uh, Matt Schaub, is, he's not going to do very well against the Legion of Boom. Then, then they have home game against the Rams and the Brown, Browns and the Rams, and then they go to Arizona. So I, I'm taking Seattle to go four, I'm sorry, three and one in the last four games. I'm losing at Arizona just because Arizona is really tough to play at home. Um, so that would put Seattle 10-6, and six and that will put them in the playoffs. And as long as Russell Wilson continues to have a hot hand or at least if he has one or two bad games, well, games that aren't as good as the previous ones have been throwing the ball all over the field, um, they'll still be good enough to win because I think Russell Wilson has grown up as a passer in this league. Um, he's definitely he definitely held that defense which struggled against the, uh, the Steelers. And had, been up, had it not been for Russell Wilson's extraordinary day, we might have been having a different conversation about that game. But I can see Seattle making a run to the Super Bowl. They're getting hot at the right time. And a lot of people think it's how you start the season. Um, it's not always the case. I mean, looking at New England last year, they started off the season a little rocky. And so did Seattle, if I'm not mistaken, at both ends up in the Super Bowl playing against each other. So it's, it's possible Seattle makes another run, but they're going to have to go through some tough teams. But i got to give them respect, and I, I think they're going to finish the season 10-6. Um, because Russell Wilson's playing amazing. The defenses showed up last week. The defenses show up again, show up again this week, and they'll get they'll um, click better as a unit. And I think when come playoff time, they could be a very dangerous team. If the Ravens were completely healthy, I would still take Seattle in this game. Um, the Seattle's getting hot at the, at the perfect time for them. They've been playing excellent and. Right now, if you were going to ask me, I would say that this is a top, even though the record doesn't show it, this is a top five team in the NFL. This is a team that other teams do not want to face right now, and I I think a lot of people know that. I think everybody in the NFL knows that, that, you know, despite the record, this is still a really good team. Um, And to answer your question, Rich, I think absolutely they're a threat for a Super Bowl chance. Um, You know, whether they get there or not, of course, We'll have to wait and see down the road, but I think they're absolutely um, have to be considered one of the front runners um, as long as they make the playoffs. No matter where they make the playoffs, they have to can be considered one of the most dangerous teams in the NFC. Um, you look at the NFC right now, and like Carolina has been, you know, very dominant this season, uh, has played excellent, um, and then Arizona's really good. But then after that, there's um, you know, Green Bay, who's been wishy-washy, uh, not impressive in some games. The Vikings, who have been not impressive in, in some of their games, especially as of late. Um, and last week, they got completely destroyed by Seattle. Um, this Seattle team's really, really good. You know, don't let their, you know, their... Uh, the record fool you. This is a really good team, in my opinion. This is probably the second or fourth, third or fourth best um, team in the entire NFC right now. Uh, and I think that they could end up making a deep playoff run as long as they make it, which I think they will. I think they have no trouble winning this game. Um, I think they'll end up winning by big margin. 
This Ravens defense is not very impressive. Their offense is decimated with injuries. Um, I think it's going to be easy for... Um, I think it's going to be really easy for Seattle to get pressure. I, I would look for a big game from Michael Bennett, who's been an outstanding uh, defensive lineman for the Seahawks. I think he's going to have a big game. This offensive line for the Ravens has struggled um, a lot this season. So I think he is one of like my X factors in this game. And then on the other side of the ball, Rawls right now. Thomas Rawls has been playing outstanding football. This is definitely a power-running team. Um, and I lose you know, the, the big name in, in Seattle, Marshawn Lynch, and then Rawls comes in and just plays just as good. You know, he's, he's had an outstanding uh, last few games, and I don't think that Baltimore has an answer for that on that team. Uh, I don't think that they're going to be able to stop him. Uh, I expect Rawls to have a really big game in this. I expect that Seattle's defense to play very well, and I think that Seattle ends up winning this by a big margin. Yeah, I agree. I think Seattle wins by a big margin. And like Ryan said, I expect Thomas Rawls to have another big game. I think Tyler Lockett makes a couple big plays. I think Doug Baldwin continues his hot streak. I think Russell Wilson continues to play lights out. That defense is still that defense. Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, Michael Bennett. I mean, especially with backers back and healthy at this point. Ravens at this point are almost just struggling to put a team even on the. And I don't, I don't see that second. Stop them. I don't see that front seven being able to stop the run at all. I think Seahawks win. I think they win big. And Matchell's playing quarterback. You can almost guarantee there'll be a big six. I guess <laughs> if you didn't catch us, the number here is three two three seven eight four three six zero eight. Uh, Colts and Jaguars, the Colts are still tied with the Texans for the divisional lead, so, you know, we're going to talk about that game here in a little bit. Uh, But don't sleep on this Jags team, guys. Their offense is a capability to be explosive. We saw, you know, I I think we joked earlier this morning that, you know, somebody said, I want uh, such a – or Blake Bortles throw five touchdown passes. So, uh, but I think i got to give the Colts the, the veteran leadership here to get the job done. I'm taking the Colts here. Uh, Ryan, I still think this division will be decided be decided in a week. Uh, it's it's Houston and Indy, or it's Houston at Indy in Indianapolis. Uh, we did not. Did we lose? We lost. We lost him again. Uh, so Peter, I'm gonna shoot that question over to you, and then let Ryan take it over when he gets in. All right. So. I think yeah, I'm gonna actually agree with you. I think the division gets decided next week. Um because the reason I say that too is I think both the Colts and the Texans can end up losing today, which would therefore kind of put the division in the hands of um of the game next week. Just because both of these teams, um, Houston and the Colts are just so up so up and down, although the Texans have a hot hand, the Colts have been uh suspect tonight. Um so I I think it's definitely gonna go down to next week. And when I look at today's game, um, I'm just going to pick the, I'm picking the Jaguars to win this uh, just because I don't trust the Colts right now. Uh, I, I kind of think their backups got exposed last week against the Steelers. Now, of course, the Jaguars aren't the Steelers, but they still have a high-powered offense. I mean, Blake Bortles is playing great football. He has two great receivers in Hearns and um, 
and Robinson, plus Julius Thomas the tight end. So he's got the offensive weapons to get the ball out of his hands pretty quick, and I think they'll beat the, the Colts. Um, it is a home game for Jacksonville, and uh, doing that, I think it, it'll put the Colts below 500 and then put them in a must-win situation next week to even try to win that division. And I think, you know, I'm totally with you. Next week is definitely going to decide who wins it um, because after that, there's only two games left in the season for both teams, and um, it could end up. I, I think it's going to be a very close race down to uh, down to the end. But I think next week is really what's going to determine it, just because um, it's the divisional game. Uh, Ryan, the question was: Is the uh, the I'm sorry, the AFC South going to be won next week? I think it is. I think it's. I mean, it's a, such a huge game. You know, when you when you play against the opponent that you are having this tight race with. Um, and especially uh, under the circumstances uh, for this week because the Texans go up against the Patriots. And that is a very tough team to beat, even with all the injuries that uh, the Patriots have had. Um, you know, it's and it's still going to be a hard team to beat. This is still a really, really quality team. I don't know if the Texans are quite at that level, um, but you know the Eagles beat them last week, and I think that the Texans are a better team than the Eagles are. So you know that's still a really tough matchup. But this week, uh, you know, Colts are playing at Jacksonville. Um, still no Andrew Luck, uh, but Matt Hasselbeck's been playing you know extremely well. Only lost one game I think all year as a starter. But this this one. Provides some really interesting matchups to me. Um, as I heard Peter mention, uh, Hearns and Robinson. You know, Hearns comes back this week, so they'll have both wide receivers against a very, very um, bad Indianapolis secondary. So I think that that provides an interesting matchup. I think Bortles is still going to get the ball up to his two wide receivers, and I think that they're both going to end up having a uh, pretty good game. So I don't think that they're going to be able to stop the Jaguars on offense. Um, and TJ Yeldon uh, also having himself a, a pretty quiet year as far as the rookies go, but he's you know pretty doing pretty good. Running the ball, um, quality volume running uh, back that they got down there. TJ Yeldon's having himself silently a, a good rookie season. Uh, when I look at the other side of the ball here, Matt Hasselbeck's been playing outstanding. Frank Gore seems to have slowed down. Uh, when you watch him play now compared to the beginning of the season, he seems he doesn't seem as fast. He doesn't seem like he has the kind of ability to run the ball um, like he has been. Uh, but, they, you know, they still have really good wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton and such, uh, Dante Moncrief. You know, but this, this is a tough game for me to pick, but I am – going to call the upset. I think the Jaguars are going to win this game at home over uh, the Indianapolis Colts. I think that they just have a, they're better right now on offense. I think Bortles is really starting to come into his own. Uh, I think these two wide receivers are, you know, and Hearns and Robinson might be one of the best wide receiver duos in all of football. These two guys are playing outstanding and uh, playing at a very high level. It's a lot of fun to watch that offense move. This Jaguars team is definitely uh, building uh, a really good team and heading definitely in the right direction. You know, they have a rookie running back two that is playing, you know, pretty good. Two excellent 
uh, wide receivers, a young up-and-coming quarterback who's having, a, by the way, a phenomenal season if you look at his stats um, compared to what he did last year. Uh, the problem with the Jaguars right now is their defense. Uh, their defense hasn't responded. You know, picking a, a first-round draft pick, you know, gets hurt even before you get the training camp uh, definitely, you know, hurts. Um, but having him wouldn't make this defense – you know, much better than it is right now. You know, it would be improved, but that doesn't make it a top-10 defense. The Jaguars' defense really needed to step up today and play a good game against this Colts team. This is this is a huge game for them, and if the Jaguars can pull this off, that firmly puts the Jaguars in this playoff race. Um, if they can win today, especially if Houston also loses to the uh, the Patriots, then the Jaguars would be tied for this division lead. Um so I think that they need to come out. The defense needs to play well. The offense, I think, won't have any problem moving the ball against the Colts, and I think the Jaguars win it. Yeah, I, I actually agree with Ryan here. I think the Jaguars are going to win this game. I don't see Colts. I kind of see almost as a game like last week's game against Pittsburgh. I think Hasselback's going to make mistakes. I don't think that defense is going to be able to stop Allen Hearns, Allen Robinson, Julius Thomas. I think Blake Bortles is going to have another great game. I think, you know, like Brian said, he's finally had a good season. I think he has 57 touchdowns on the year so far. I'm sorry, you guys hear this. You're all right. The static is horrible. Sorry. We're getting a lot of static going on here. Hopefully they clear it up because, okay, there it goes. There we go. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna take the Jaguars too. I think Blake Bortles gonna have another big game. Uh, the combination of Allen Hearns, Allen Robinson, Julius Thomas, T.J. Yeldon, I think it's gonna be too much for the Colts. I can see it as like when the Colts played Pittsburgh last week and got just couldn't handle it. I think those receivers are too good, especially going deep, being able to just get open and beat whoever they're against. Bortles has been accurate. He's thrown them perfectly. I I think this Matt Hasselbeck playing so great, I think it's starting to catch up that he's starting to make a little more mistakes. They're not being able to run the ball, which hurts him. And, yeah, I mean, I, I picked Jacksonville to win this division, and I think they're still going to. I think they're going to have a big game. Just don't see the Colts being able to do anything enough on either side of the ball to be able to pull out this upset. Because I think if the – me personally, I think if the Colts beat the Jaguars, I think that's the upset. Alrighty, uh, Falcons and Panthers. I really don't think the Falcons' offense is capable of the matchup with the Panthers' defense. Carolina's favorite bait and a half. I like the Panthers here. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think because if you're looking at the Panthers' schedule, that they still go undefeated and get the win today, Amos. I do. I think the Panthers are going to get the win today. But I'm going to say that with this. I think Atlanta takes, because they have to play Atlanta twice, and I think Atlanta takes one of these two games. I think you've seen it last week with the Carolina basically had to outscore New Orleans. And I just I don't know if they would be able to do that on a consistent basis. And I, I trust Dan Quinn to come up with a good game plan to be able to contain Newton, be able to contain Jonathan Stewart. I think Matt Ryan will, you know, if he can get going, he'll have a good game, get to Julio, get Devontae Freeman going, 
get Roddy White on some third down passes. But I think Carolina's going to be too much. Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis have been playing lights out. Josh Norman, arguably the best corner in the league. You know, can't say enough about the Panthers. They're 12-0. They deserve to be there. And I think after this week, they go to 13-0. But, like I said, I do think Atlanta will take one of these games. As far as as far as the game goes, Amos, I'm, I'm definitely with you. Um, seeing the Falcons probably take one of them, and um, I also don't know if Carolina would have um, some of their starters down that in that final week of the season because I think at that point they'll have already clinched um, the top seed. I think, or well, they, if they lose a game to Atlanta, then they might not want to rest their starters because I'm not sure how the tiebreakers would work for the. Um, for the top seed, because Arizona is 11 and 2, and I think I think Arizona finishes out the season um, three and 0 from here, and obviously they just played to uh, finish the season at 14 and 2. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, do I think the Panthers are going to go undefeated? No, like I said, I, I'm with Amos. I think Atlanta takes one of those games. Um, and let's say they let's say they don't take one of those games, and Carolina is in the final game of the season then maybe just Carolina rest their starters possibly because they've already had injuries before the season started, two starters, um, losing players. So that, that'll that be interesting to kind of keep an eye on. Um, and, <clears throat> yeah, so there, it looks like, yeah, so it's interesting because they're playing Atlanta this week, then they, have, then they go to the Giants, and then they go to Atlanta um, two weeks from now. So that's a pretty good chance they could slip and lose more game. But even if they finish the season at 15-1, and that's still pretty impressive. Uh, a team that I, I myself kind of, myself and a lot of other people kind of wrote off for dead because of injuries. But um, hats off to the Panthers for playing great football. Uh, Cam Newton definitely deserves to be MVP this season. I think he's playing great football with Winston Stellar talent around him, catching the football outside of Greg Olson. I mean, Tegan Jr. dropped so many passes. But um, <clears throat> Cam Newton continues to throw the ball away and try to get him involved in the game. And then when you look at the Falcons, just to kind of talk about that for a second, I think that that really good start that they had was definitely a fluke. They're they're definitely on a downward spiral, and um, you know, unfortunately, I think maybe some of that talent they have down there just hasn't worked out the way they hoped it would. So, it you know, it stinks for them, but at the same time, Atlanta's got to got to regroup. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Atlanta have a put up a fight in this game today, um, just because it's a divisional opponent. I think Atlanta wants to end their undefeated streak, so at least Atlanta will have. You know, that, that'll be something that they can talk about. You know, they, they struggled at the end of their team's undefeated season. It'll give them confidence, and hopefully heading into next year, they can continue to build on confidence that they would get today if they win. But I'm taking it, I'm taking Carolina to win this game. But you never know. Atlanta could surprise to make a, make a surprise today. Yeah, that's the oldest cliche in football that these you never know about these divisional matchups, but you really don't. Um, you see it like almost every weekend in the NFL. You know these these always end up being tight. I think this game is going to be um, closer than the eight and a half point spread, but I still think the Panthers are going to win, uh, especially at home. The Falcons need um, to figure out this offensive line. But the thing is, is Carolina is not a team that blitzes a lot, and they they don't um, tend to get a ton of pressure. They're just really good in that secondary, and they're really good um, 
hitting the gaps in the running game, and they have really good linebackers. Uh, but they're not a team that's real blitz heavy or gets in the backfield a ton. I mean, you look at their stack totals, and they're not that they're not that high. Um, so I think that the Falcons are going to be able to get a little bit more time um, in the backfield for Matt Ryan, and I think that'll make a world of difference. I think that he's going to be able to get the ball out to his weapons. Um, I think that. You know that'll definitely improve. I still think the run game is going to have trouble because of how good these linebackers play and how good they are at filling the gaps uh, in the offensive line. That being said, uh, you know I don't see any problem from Cam Newton against this defense. Atlanta's defense is just not that good, um, so I think that he'll move the ball easily, uh, running in in the passing game. Uh, I think that they end up winning this game. The Panthers do, but I think. This is going to be an under the eight and a half uh, point spread. You know the Falcons have a quality offense. They just can never get enough time. That offensive line has played awful this season. Uh, so I think that they're going to be have a little bit more time today. Um, but I don't think that that's going to be able enough for them to win this. Uh, Bills at Eagles, you know, this was another game on our pool that we really couldn't figure out, so we just basically end up having two sheets picking the Bills, two sheets, two sheets picking the Eagles. Uh, I think the problem we had was with the shocking win the Eagles had, you know, beating New England last week. With the Bills, they're so up and down, it was ridiculous. So, But I somehow think the Bills get, get this win, though. Uh, Peter, it looks like Chip Kelly's job is safe as it stands right now. Maybe it's the first of stands right now, but I don't think he's going to be back next year. I don't. It, the, the only way he could even come back next year is if he somehow won the division and won a, won a playoff game. But I'm not going to hold my breath here. I, I definitely don't think he's going to be around at the end of the season. Um, and I say that for a couple reasons. And, and just because they beat some teams, you know, last week it wasn't the offense that beat the Patriots. It was really the special teams of defensive um, players. But the, but the offense did make plays when they had to do two beats in England, but we, but if really watched how the team scored points, you know, a block, for, block punt return for a touchdown, a punt return for a touchdown, and then a pick six, you know, that definitely helped. And then they did get two offensive touchdowns, but, again, the offense wasn't all that impressive against New England, but did they have to be probably not just because of the defense. But I thought with some of the offensive numbers um, for the guy that um, Chip Kelly's brought in, DeMarco Murray's averaging three yards, three and a half yards of carry um, and just four rush touchdowns. Um, there was five games where he averaged less than three yards per carry. Some of those games he had minimal carries, I think less than ten. So those you can sort of take with a grain of salt saying, okay, well, it wasn't ten carries, it wasn't 15 or 20. But the lack of production um, by by Bradford and DeMarco Murray has been a little bit alarming considering that Chip Kelly brought these guys in to ha- um, have an assistant. Murray doesn't fit a system. Bradford doesn't fit his system either. He's not very athletic. Um, Bradford's thrown 13 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, and that definitely hurts them. And then you look at their next four games, um, they're hosting the Bills, the Cardinals, and Redskins. So they have three straight home games, and then they go to the Giants. Um, I'm definitely going to take the Eagles to lose today. I think they're going to lose to the Cardinals. Um, they should be able to beat Washington, and I think they're going to lose to the Giants. So they are. If they go one and three down the stretch, they're going to finish at six and ten, and Chip Kelly will be gone, and deservingly so. But the only way he possibly stays is if he makes a playoff run, and this team wins a playoff game. But I I don't see them winning a playoff game if they make it, just because the quality of teams 
that are right now fighting for wild card spots in the um, in the NFC are much better than the Eagles are um, as a divisional champion hosting a home game. And yeah, I don't think Chip Kelly's job is safe safe after the season, but it isn't safe for now. Yes, because he 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 won a big game. But you have to remember the two games before that they got blown out of the water. So let's not forget about that. One win won't change my mind about Chip Kelly. He needs to be fired. This game is is going to be a good one, I think. This is um, an interesting matchup for sure. Uh, I think the Eagles, you know, they pulled off, like, the, the big win last week over the Patriots. Um, Bill's still, you know, trying to stay in that playoff race in the AFC. Um, this one is in Philadelphia, which definitely, of course, home field advantage always uh, is something to look for. But I don't. I still think that those are too quality of a team uh, to lose this. Uh, Tyrod Taylor right now is playing outstanding uh, football. He's been able to get the ball to the to playmakers really well. Um, obviously, fleet of foot and uh, runs the ball better than I think any quarterback in the NFL right now um, outside of Cam Newton. Then uh, I don't think that I think that their um, running game is is going to be on fire today. Uh, the Eagles are really good in their secondary. I think a little weaker up front. Not that they're weak, but I don't think it's I think it is their the weakness of their defense. Um and they have really good running ability on this offense. You know, of course Taylor, but you have uh LaShawn McCoy and Williams backing him up who are both uh, good running backs and I think that they're gonna be able to get off to a you know, a good start and I think that you'll be seeing a lot of them in this game. Uh, also, the Bills, you know, don't forget Sammy Watkins, who has really started to produce over the last handful of weeks, uh, starting to play really good football. And it's going to be hard to shut all of the weapons down that they have on this offense. On the other side of the ball, this Bills defensive line, I think, is the best in the NFL. Uh, they have all kinds of ways to get pressure on you, uh, to make the quarterback make mistakes, to shut down the running game. And this is an Eagles offense that has sputtered all season long. Uh, so I think that the Eagles are really going to struggle to do much with the football today. Uh, I expect a big game from this Bills defense, uh, especially you know the defensive line. <clears throat> and how well that they've played this year is you know it's unbelievable. And the, and the Eagles offense hasn't played well at all. It hasn't really won them games. See, the games where they have beat, you know, quality mid range or higher teams are all on their all on their defense. I mean you look at the game last week and it was special teams uh that really decided the game against New England. I mean you look at games earlier in the season, it's their defense that keeps them in games, not their offense. And I don't think their offense I don't think their defense matches up well this week either. I think that the Bills will move the ball Against them, I think that they will not be able to move the ball at all against the Bills, um, at, like the whole game. Uh, so I'm excited to watch this one today, just because I think that I think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be interesting after the you know second quarter even, um, because of just of the way these two teams match up. But I'm excited to see uh, Tyrod Taylor again. Man, he's just an exciting player to watch. Uh, and he's been playing really good. So I'm I'm taking 
uh, the Bills, and I'm going to take the Bills by a pretty decent margin. I think they're just a much better team than the Eagles are right now. Yeah, I agree. This should be – I think it's going to be a good game. I can see it going back and forth. I like the Bills when it comes down to it. I think Tyrod Taylor, Sammy Watkins, and LeSean McCoy are just going to be too much to handle. I think Robert Woods could even kind of show up and have a really good game for him. I think that defense is too good with, you know, all the front seven especially are fantastic. The secondary has been playing good. You know, and Rex Ryan, he's a player's coach who gets his guys fired up, and I think he'll have him fired up for this game. On the Eagles' side, like everyone's alluded to, that it was defense and special teams that won last week. And with the Eagles, it seems like once they get a defensive big play or a special teams big play, it tends to be a reoccurring theme throughout the game. And I just don't think they'll get one against this Bills team. I think they're too sound. I just don't see anything happen. I don't see Bradford being able to move the ball like he did. They're not going to be able to run the ball like they did against New England. I just think the Bills are going to be too much at the end of the day. And I agree with Peter when he said I. I've heard reports, seen reports that Chip Kelly will be back next year, but it, I would just be hard pressed to see that. I think he'll end up going back to college, or he could probably end up in Tennessee, which I think would be the best fit for him. All right, we got a caller from the two hundred three area code. Two hundred three area code. What you got? Are you there, caller? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, uh, this is Scooter. I was calling in. I. Uh, How you doing? I want to ask you guys a good, good. I just want to ask you guys a question. I, I don't know if you guys um, went over this already, but uh, there's a between the Seahawks and the Ravens today. Uh, there's an eight point spread, and I was wondering uh, what you thought the Ravens' chances were for covering that spread. I know not they, a chance. For, well, I'm gonna go not, not a that. chance. <laughs> Not a chance. I think the Seahawks are red hot. I think Seattle's going to jump out early like they have been all week and coast. So I, that, that's my opinion. What do you guys think? I think 100% agree here. They don't cover. I think the Seahawks are going to win this game handedly. I would not. I would not take the Ravens to cover at all. No. You would be safe taking Seattle on the points. I, I I think all all of us are in units. So we we actually just went over this game a few minutes ago and said all of us thought Seattle was just going to blow Baltimore out. I, yeah. I think Ryan, you 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 alluded to the fact that even if they had a healthy Ravens team, Seattle was still going to win this football game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just. Uh, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, the no, only thing ahead. I was thinking was. You know, the the Ravens defense is actually, you know, I feel like they're a little uh, under undervalued, and also the Seahawks are traveling all the way, you know, to the East Coast, and usually they don't play that well on the road. I was thinking that maybe they'd be able to cover, but it sounds like the uh, consensus is everyone thinks it's just going to be a blowout. Well, I mean, I know the the story is when teams travel across the country or across the country to play a football game, it's that way. But you know. They, you think they lost? Uh, they they've lost uh, Joe Flacco for the year. Uh, four sets gone. Another guy was just placed on IR uh, the other day. Eugene uh, Monroe or somebody like that. That was just on my Twitter feed. Another def- defensive player was placed on IR the other day. So I, mean, I, I just honestly, I just really don't see it. I, 
mean, if you want to have an upset pick of the week and go, you know, kind of go crazy with it, yeah, go ahead. But I still think Seattle wins this one by a large margin. Okay. I, okay. I just think yeah, they're I, that I, good I, right now. They, they've caught fire so, so red hot right now. Uh, I think our, our split picks last week, We I think uh, a couple of us had Minnesota actually beating Seattle, and Seattle just blew Minnesota out. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. I picked Minnesota to win. That was horrible. I should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was is that all you, yeah, is that all you got no, for I, us today? And I had actually had, going back, uh, I had a fantasy lineup question. Um, okay, go ahead. I was wondering, if you, have you guys heard, heard any news on uh, C.J. Anderson? I, I have Ronnie Hillman and uh, Darren McFadden on my team, and I, I need to start one of them in my, in my flex. And I was thinking, if C.J. Anderson doesn't play, I'll pick Hillman. But otherwise, you know, I'll probably put McFadden in. What do you guys think? Amos, I'll let, I'll let you take that one. They're, they're our fantasy guys. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, between Anderson, Hillman, and McFadden, I think the last time I read anything, I thought that said that C.J. Anderson was looking to play. I know yeah, he's had that ankle injury. But if he's good to go, I would go with C.J. Anderson. I think he's the most. I think he's the more explosive back. I know he's technically behind Ronnie Hillman on the depth chart, but if he's good to go, I would go with Ronnie Hillman. Or uh, I'm sorry, C.J. Anderson. But if C.J. Anderson's not good to go, and especially if it's a PPR league, I would probably go with Derek McFadden. I don't see. I don't think Ronnie Hillman is going to have a good game. I don't. I, he's had he's had flashes all year. I mean, I think the Denver game was pro, or I'm sorry, the Green Bay game was probably his best game. Denver's run de- or, or uh, Green Bay's run defense isn't very good, and at the end of the day, if I had to choose between Hillman and McFadden, I would go with McFadden. Okay, yeah. It's, so, have you heard anything about Anderson's injury? I know he's been questionable. I actually, uh, I know that they're saying that Anderson's not going to play, and if or he, if he does play, he's going to be very limited. So okay. if you have Hillman, I think it actually is a good start this week because I think he's going to get a ton of carries. Uh, because of that ankle injury, they've you know they've said the Ian Rappaport actually of the NFL Network uh, said that he'll be very limited if he plays at all um, today. So I think that Ronnie Hillman's actually a good start. I think he's going to have a ton of carries. Uh, you know, I think you know obviously with Anderson, if he doesn't play at all or you know only gets a handful of touches. Uh, Hellman's touches are going to go way up. I also think that they're going to be winning uh, late in that game, so I think that they're just going to be looking to to melt the clock. So I think you're going to see his touches also go up in that fashion. Um, and I don't like Darren McFadden against uh, Green Bay's defense, so I think I would go with with Hellman there. Okay. Yeah, it's, not, it's probably going to be one of those things where I set my line up at uh, 12.55 today. Just, to, <laughs> just once I see all the injuries and everything. All yeah. right, thanks for the call, man. All right, yeah, thanks for the info, and I love listening to you guys. All right, thanks, thanks man. We followed, buddy. That. All right, have a great yeah, day. No problem. All right, we're going to speed this up a little bit. Uh, these next two games, guys, we're just going to make the picks because we're running under an hour now. Uh, I'll go ahead and say, uh, hold on one second, <laughs> Saints at Bucks. Uh, who did I have on this one? I think I'm actually going to take the Saints in this one as my upset pick of the week. Uh, go ahead, Ron. Um, Buccaneers. I think Buccaneers end up winning this. Uh, 
Jameis Winston's just playing too good to lose right now against a, a Saints team that's really struggled. And I agree. I go with the Buccaneers. The Rob Ryan defense still, even without Rob Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter. I'm taking the Buccaneers in this one. I just, I mean, just the Buccaneers, they're, they're playing really good right now, and the Saints are just, you know, like Amos said, Rob Ryan, no Rob Ryan, the defense is just atrocious. And Chiefs at Chargers, I'm taking the Chargers in a landslide. <laughs> Amos. Um, oh, I'm taking the, I'll take the Chiefs. Chiefs all day. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was the Chiefs in a landslide. I meant to say Chiefs in a landslide, not the Chiefs in a landslide. Say, like, really? That, 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 <laughs> that's, that, that's that country boy in me that gets a little mind confused sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'm think Peter. In this one, yeah. Chiefs in this one. The Chargers are, uh, are not playing good football. And Chiefs are look, looking really good right now. They're red hot. And San Diego is just, well, San Diego, I suppose. And Ryan. Yeah, Rich. Rich, when you said that, the Chargers and Landslide, I was going to wonder, I was going to ask you what you guys were smoking down there in Carolina. Uh, yeah, Chiefs, obviously. This is an easy pick for me. Uh, the Chiefs are playing much better football. The Chargers really struggling. The Chiefs are a playoff team. Uh, so this, you know, I'd be very surprised if the Chargers were even close in this game. We smoking that backyard grass down here. <laughs> <laughs> Steelers at Bengals. Okay, uh, we can go back into the regular schedule uh, analysis and the reason why I think this is the game of the day for the afternoon games. Uh, I've got this one as normally my one one show a week. I do a pick 'em game. This is it. I think you know when we were talking fantasy earlier about the questions. Uh, I think both Ryan and Amos has set up uh, set up best. This game is going to go back and forth all game long. Uh, the question, Peter, is if the Steelers beat the Bengals today, it's really going to shuffle that playoff picture up yet, or up yet again. And I think, you know, did the Bengals fall here? If they, you know, I, I think the Bengals are going to lose this game in the long run. But do they fall is the question. Is it going to shuffle? It's going to shuffle the playoff standings, yeah, because Cincinnati right now is the top seed. So if they were to lose in the Broncos win today, um, which we just touched on the Broncos game later, it definitely hurts the Bengals. Um, and the reason I also say that, too, is because you have to remember the Bengals, um, after this, they'll go to San Francisco and then to Denver. And when they play Denver, there's a good chance that that could be for either the top seed or the second seed. And the reason why I say I'm not really sure just yet is because Denver plays the Steelers after the Bengals play, play the Steelers. So the Steelers really could mess things up so the seeding um, really really hurt the Bengals this week by beating them. Um, but then if you beat Denver, then you will see the, the Cincinnati-Denver matchup go for either the top, first or second seed, depending on the Patriots play the rest of the season, because none of the other teams are going to make a, a push for those top seeds. So, yeah, I definitely think if the Steelers win today, which I think they're going to, I, I like the Steelers right now. They're right now the offense is playing fantastic football. Um, and the Bengals, the last two wins have been over the Cardinals and the Browns, um, so not really quality opponents, but wins nonetheless. So I'm, 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 I think you're right. Pittsburgh wins today. Six is a playoff picture, um, and it's going to make the final three weeks of the NFL season very exciting to watch because then, because then all these games involving the Broncos um, against the Steelers, Broncos against the Bengals come into play. Um, 
so yeah, definitely excited for this game taking the Steelers to win night and I think the AFC playoff picture is gonna be it's gonna have a major shake up, not just not just in the top seeding, but the Steelers can move a step closer to a wild card spot if they win today too. Yeah, I absolutely agree with uh with what you said here, Rich, to start. This is the game of the week. I think this is the most exciting matchup uh in all of the slate of games. You know, in the division, uh two teams in two different areas right now with the Bengals being, you know, at the top, you know, sitting in first place right now, and then you have the Steelers uh trying to fight to get into a playoff spot. Um but we all know that the Steelers are a better team than their record implies. Uh, a lot of people are picking the Steelers in this game. I think it's a popular upset pick this week. Um, but I'm taking the Bengals at home. The Bengals beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh earlier this season. They have home field advantage in this game. Uh, and they just have so many weapons on offense. I think that this is going to be a high-scoring game. I definitely don't uh, – I think that, you know, it's going to be uh, – you know, kind of a barn burner. The first one was not at all, of course, but these two offenses are very, very potent offenses. And, uh, you know, we're getting to the past, we're past the midseason, so they're definitely in form right now. You've watched them play the last couple of weeks. Both offenses have had very impressive outings. The thing I think it comes down to is the Bengals' defense is much better than the Steelers' defense. I think there's a pretty decent gap between the two defenses. Um, and Cincinnati, Cincinnati's offense, I think, is actually a touch worse uh, than the Steelers' offense because I think the, I think Cincinnati has more weapons on their offense, but I think the Steelers have the quality of weapons. D'Angelo Williams, is, you know, is like jump starting. He's having the best time of his career, really, um, down there right now. And then, of course, you have Antonio Brown, who, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in all of the NFL. So I think they just have a little a touch better in the quality of weapons, but the Bengals have so many weapons on that offense. Um, you know, they have two great running backs. They have three really good receivers, uh, and then they have Andy Dalton, of course. So I think that the the uh, Cincinnati wins this game over Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be back and forth the whole game. Uh, very excited to see this. This is definitely uh, the most exciting matchup of the week, in my opinion. It is. I think it's an absolutely exciting matchup. I do. At the end of the day, I'm going to take the Bengals. I I think they're going to be more efficient on offense when they need to be. I know the Steelers are obviously very good with Martavis Bryant, Antonio Brown, even uh, Marcus Wheaton throwing in some big contributions. And DeAndre Williams running the ball effectively. Maybe not great, but good enough. But I think that Steelers defense, just won't be enough. I think the Cincinnati's defense, I think that defensive line is going to get the bend when they have to. I think the secondary is going to finally kind of step up and cover a little better than they have the last couple weeks. I think Andy Dalton's going to have a good game. He's going to protect the ball. Um, I do. I think it's going to be back and forth. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. But this year it's been really, really hard to bet against Bengals, especially at 1 o'clock. And I think at the end of the day, I think that the Bengals are going to take it. And I think they'll probably, I think they take it by less than three. All right. Uh, Titans and Jets. Uh, the Jets get Darrell Revis back for this game. He's missed the last two with a concussion. 
I like the Jets here. Uh, you know, sorry, Ryan. I know you're the, the huge Titans fan, but they're fighting for their playoff lives, honestly. Uh, Ryan, what are some key matchups to watch for in this one? Uh, there's a few key matchups for sure in this one. I think first off is going to be uh, Darrell Revis. Um, I think because of the way that this uh, offense, this Titans offense works, I think you're going to see him play um, on Doyle Green Beckham, but I also think you're going to see him float around, play on Harry Douglas, uh, you know, and, and float around a little bit more um, because this, this offense uh, doesn't really have a favorite weapon at wide receiver. Uh, and I think that, you know, how well is he going to play? Is Revis, you know, 100%? You know, those kind of questions uh, I think are definitely going to be, uh, you know, key in this game. Another big matchup, of course, the rookie quarterback against this defense. I mean, you look at the defensive front, which is one of the best in the NFL. Um, that's going to provide a lot of pressure. This offensive line hasn't played great this season. Uh, you know, the, the last handful of games, they've really stepped up and played a lot better than they did in the beginning of the season. But it's still, I mean, that's this is a very tough matchup for them. Marcus Mario is going to have a lot of pressure on him in this game. Does he react well? Because you cannot make mistakes against the secondary, especially when uh, Darrell Revis is in. You know, that is, you can't throw late over the middle. You can't rush your passes. You can't, you know, this is a team that you can easily uh, end up throwing a handful of interceptions to in a football game. And then on the other side of the ball, uh, I, you know, the thing is, is every team has been trying to shut down the Jets' running game and, and force Fitzpatrick to pass. Uh, but now we see that that's not a good strategy because Fitzpatrick will burn you. Uh, you know, he's got the weapons on the outside, and he's a much better quarterback and I think a lot of people gave him credit for at the beginning of this season. Um, I mean, just think about this right now. At the beginning of the season, he was going to be Geno Smith's backup. And think about how well he's played this season. Uh, it blows your mind. Um, so think, how how do you handle that? Dick LeBeau is, I mean, we all know that Dick LeBeau is a defensive genius. So how does he respond um, to Fitzpatrick? How do you handle that? You know, this offense has... A lot of weapons on it with Chris Ivory, um, Belidi Powell, of course, the running back position. And you have <clears throat> Eric Decker and uh, Brandon Marshall, who are outstanding wide receivers. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what they come up with defensively to try to slow them down. Uh, but I agree. I think, you know, the Jets are at home, and they're the better team, and they're fighting for that playoff spot. They want this game more. Uh I mean, I love my Titans, but I don't think we're going to win this. The Jets are just too quality of a team right now for us to beat. Um, but I, I do I do think that this game might be closer than people think, but I think it's going to be one of those that's close until the start of the fourth quarter. It's close like the whole game, and then the Jets, I think, set, will separate themselves towards the end of the football game. I agree with you, Ryan, completely. I think this game is going to be close up until the fourth quarter. And I I think it's, it's the biggest thing here is you have a really good defense against a shaky offensive line and a rookie quarterback. And I think that's just – I think it's, if they can get Mariota, get him on some read options, get the defense kind of back off a little bit, especially if they can get Delaney Walker and Doriel Belcom Green to kind of get open 
and make some plays for them in the secondary. I think that'll be huge, but they don't have a running game. The Jets aren't going to be threatened by it. And I just, yeah, I just defense, especially getting Revis back, Cromartie, uh, Calvin Pryor's been playing really good as of late as well. And, I mean, on Tennessee's side, I just, I don't think they have enough. I, the Jets are too well balanced. Fitzpatrick's been playing very well. He's not turned the ball over, not made mistakes very much. As much as I think this, I agree, and I, I'm with Ryan. I think up until the fourth quarter, this game will be close. But then I think Mariota will just try to force things that you shouldn't to make plays, and I think that's what will help the Jets win at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm thinking the Jets to win this one. I think it'll definitely be close up until the fourth quarter too. Um, but like Amo said, you know, maybe Mario will start forcing the ball. I don't know if he will. I think Mariota's playing a lot smarter than I thought he would would have as a rookie, um, just because he was a system quarterback in college. But he's definitely broken that mold since he's been in the NFL. I think Mariota showed us that he's not just a system guy, and I and I didn't think that would affect him that much in his career. To some maybe his rookie year, he would struggle just a little bit, but he's played phenomenal football. I mean, last week you saw him run for that long touchdown and throwing for three more. Um, and I really like his skill set. And I think actually his skill set might hurt the Jets a little bit because Revis hasn't been himself. Cromartie isn't great. So if he can if he can um, get some decent yardage running to start the game, it might it might hurt the Jets because he can then run around and um, or make that defense be a little more pay attention to a little bit more. So if he breaks towards the outside, maybe he can get a safety or a corner to break who they're covering if he's going to take off on him and just throw it to an open receiver or allow his receiver to try to get behind the defensive backs. Um, I think that's going to be something you're going to see happen early on, and it's going to be close until the fourth quarter. But then I think Brian Fitzpatrick just starts handing out the football, starts managing the game, making throws when he needs to. Let's not forget Fitzpatrick can run pretty well too. Fitzpatrick had a, a third run on that game-tying drive against the Giants last week. Uh, down near the end of down near the end of the game, so don't be surprised if Ryan Fitzpatrick uses this as a life to help in this game too. And I think it'll come down to either a field goal or touchdown difference at the end of this game. Um, and before uh, before we move on to the next game, I just had a quick question for the both of you, Amos, Amos and Ryan, since we're talking fantasy football. Um, and I meant to ask you this earlier in the show. I have the New England Patriots defense on my bench, uh, starting, and then the Jets defense on my bench, I believe. Um, if you had to make a choice right now, would you rather start the Jets defense against Tennessee or Pat's defense against Houston? Just because uh, I'm not really sure, and I wanted to kind of ask now while I still remembered it. I'm going to go ahead and say that I would start the Jets defense. Uh, you know, I hate to, to bash my Titans, but I think that they're Hey, go ahead and take that one, Amos. Yeah, I'm. I'll finish off with the, where Ryan was going. I would go with the Jets, or yeah, I would go with the Jets defense as well. I think Mariota will end up making mistakes. I know he's been pretty smart with the ball all year, but he has shown flashes of him kind of trying to force things. Not so much in the last games, but I think that's going to show back up. I don't think he's played against a defense yet like this. And I think they're going to throw some things at him, confuse him. And especially with them not having a running game, I think that the the, the potential for turnovers is just very high. 
the you know you have New England against the Texans, and New England could shut them out. But the Patriots have given up, I think, in like an average of like 24 fantasy points against receivers this year. And going up against DeAndre Hopkins, I think I just don't think they're going to do that well. I don't know if Malcolm Butler will be able to cover him. Even with McCourty, I think he's going to get a lot of red zone looks, and Ryan Griffin's got some red zone looks. Uh, overall, I think that the Jets' defense is just the safer pick. Yeah, as I, I think was you saying uh, uh, before I got like knocked off, I think that the the Jets are the better pick. I think that you know they're going to put a lot of pressure on Marriott, and I think Marriott is going to have is going to have to almost win this game by himself because I don't think the running game is going to be there. And then on the other side. Um, the Texans are running the ball really well with Blue right now. Uh, you know, they have Hopkins, they have Nate Washington, um, and Hoyer's not having a bad season at all this year. I think this is a case where I think that the Texans' offense might be a little bit better than the Titans' offense, maybe a step. Uh, but I do think that the Jets' defense is quite a big step better than the uh, than the Patriots are. So I think that you definitely have to go um, with the Jets in this game. Do you guys want to just oh, well, you guys just want to quick pick this next game, or are we going to talk about this one, or how you want to do this? We got we're running short on time again. I'm how about we just quick pick it? Yeah, quick pick it. Uh, Raiders or Broncos? Uh, Broncos. Uh, my upset, Oakland. Upset pick of the week, Oakland. This is interesting because I'm not sure how to pick because sometimes you curse the Raiders, Rich, and sometimes you're their good luck charm. But I'm not sure where we're at right now in the season. Uh, But I'm taking the Broncos at home, better team. For all that have, you know, for all our new listeners, every time this year that I pick the Raiders, they lose. Although earlier when they were on that little winning streak, they were winning, and then I kept picking them, and they started losing. So that's where that one was coming from. That's the inside joke as I curse the Raiders. Uh, Cowboys at Packers. Uh, you know, I think this is where Dallas is officially eliminated from playoff contention. You know, a lot of my Cowboys fans that I'm friends with and follow me on Facebook and Twitter, they're playing lights out on defense. But, you know, one of them said this offense is absolute trash. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with them. I'm gonna take the Packers at home. Uh, Ryan, if the Cowboys lose this one, does Romo finally go on IR? Because Jer- Jerry thinks that they're still gonna make the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, this one, Jerry Jones. Uh, I mean, he is just like a fountain of. Uh, of like what the hell are you doing kind of a thing. He's not a uh he's I mean he's a great owner, just not like an overly bright guy sometimes. He does make some dumb things. And I think yeah I think you're I mean, I don't know. I don't want to try to get in the head of Jerry Jones because you never know what he's thinking. Uh so I'm not sure if he will be on IR or not. Uh but I do completely agree with what you said. I think that this is the game that officially eliminates them. Uh I do not see the Packers losing this one at home. I think if Tony Romo was in, uh, this would be an exciting matchup. Uh, you know, definitely would be a game that would be a must-watch. But 
I don't, you know, uh, Castles really hasn't played well this season as the quarterback. McFadden continues to get a bunch of carries, continues to, to rack up decent, good yards, uh, but they can't get them in the end zone. This team plays their best football in between the 20-yard lines, but when they get in the red zone area, they can't finish off drive. Um, it's, this Packers team is really good. I know that they've had their struggles this year, but make no mistake about it, as long as they have Aaron Rodgers, uh, this is one of the best teams in, in the NFL. And this team has the ability. They may not do it, but they have the ability to beat any NFL team, in my opinion, as long as they have Aaron Rodgers back there. Um yeah, I think this is a blowout win uh, for the Packers. This is the one that eliminates Dallas, probably. Uh, and uh, I think I expect um, big things from this Packers defense in this game. I think that's uh, outside of you know the the regular playmakers that you think of. I think that the Packers defense are going to end up having a pretty big game in this as well. I'm taking the Packers in this one. If Romo was playing for the Cowboys, it'd be a little bit different, I think, but. Green Bay had a week and a half off after that Lions game, and I think they've gained a lot of their confidence back. Um, so definitely look for Green Bay to be on a roll today. I, I don't trust Dallas um, without Roma quarterback. I mean, they finally won a game without him starting last week, but Washington is so hot and cold. It wasn't a huge shock, I guess, when Dallas did win the game. Um, so... Um, yeah, I'm definitely taking Green Bay in this one. Aaron, like you know, like Brian said, as long as Aaron Rodgers is playing, it's just you. It's uh, definitely um, it's hard for it's hard for anyone to beat the Packers. I think at home, and Aaron Rodgers is always going to be uh, playing phenomenal football. I, I don't, you know, like I said, I don't trust Dallas, and um, it's just I think it's going to be a blowout. To be honest with you, I think Green Bay is going to is going to roll Dallas and start a hot streak towards the playoffs. Yeah, I think Green Bay wins this game as well. I'm not going to go to blowout. Something tells me that the Cowboys are going to find a way to make this game close. I think with more time, Matt Castle under this offense, I think he can be efficient. Maybe not necessarily great in it by any means, but he does have playmakers on that team, and I think he'll find a way to get the ball to them more effectively this week and kind of keep them, at least keep the game close. And that Cowboys defense has been keeping that um, offense in the game. They've been trying to give them the chance to be able to at least stick up there with it. But I think that Aaron Rodgers will be too much. I know they haven't, I mean, that offense has not been playing great. But I think Randall Cobb is going to find a way to kind of make some noise in that secondary. And I think, especially if Eddie Lacy gets the carries this week. I think you'll see a completely different Packers offense. I think they'll do enough to win time of possession kind of game. But, yeah, that's – I mean, just making it quick, I think Green Bay is going to – I think they'll win. I think they'll handle it. But uh, I think it will be close. And Patriots at Texans wraps up tonight's games. Uh, J.J. Watt actually broke his hand in practice. <laughs> you guys saw the interviews. He's wearing a cast, says he's going to play. Uh, Gronk and Edelman also returned to the practice field. Gronk traveled with the team. Of course, Edelman's ruled out. They don't expect Edelman or Hightower actually back for the playoffs for this one. You know, Gronk now they're saying is a game-time decision, and this was one of the the ones that I'm going to shoot at you, Amos, because it's been really 
frustrating to see our fan base because me, Ryan, and Amos, or, or no, I'm sorry, me, Ryan, and Peter are all Patriots fans. And, oh, Gronk's Gronk practice this week. He's going to play. He's a game-time decision. I even saw somebody post something along the lines of, well, he traveled with the team, so he's expected to play. I, I'm going to let you quickly address this and tell us what, what what's going on with Gronk. Oh, by the way, I am taking the Patriots to win tonight because I feel they need to win out to get that first round by. Uh, that way, everybody's healthy for the playoffs. Yeah, I, I know if Gronkowski is expected to play, I know it's a game time decision. But at this point, with that, you know, you want to keep him healthy. I don't see any benefit in having him play and risking not having him in the playoffs. Even even if you don't get the number one seed, you're still going to get a home playoff game. There's no need to play Gronkowski and risk him at injury at all. I don't see why you would risk it. I don't see why. I don't think Belichick takes that risk. Uh, every game's important, but Belichick's smart. He understands how to you know get by and manage games. Even if they lose this game, they can win out. Be thirteen and three. And I, I just there's no benefit in risking Gronkowski's health, especially when he's such a vital part of that offense. Whether he travels or not, I just don't think they'll they're not going to play him. I think Scott Chandler will get the start, and I think the Patriots will handle the Texans. I, I don't I don't see them having a struggle with it. I just I see no benefit in Gronkowski playing, and I know Patriots fans get excited. Oh, Gronk's going to be on the field. But there's no point. There's there is no there's absolutely no good logical reason to put him on that field and risk him getting hurt. Amos is 100% right. You don't risk Gronkowski in this game. Um, they've already officially ruled Edelman out for this game, uh, so he won't. there's no chance that he'll, we'll see him this week. Um, Gronkowski is considered still questionable, as we said earlier. Uh, will play if needed on Sunday, um, but they're saying only if they absolutely need him will he play. Um, but you might see something, you know, in the Super Bowl when they played the Giants. Uh, they brought him onto the field when he was hurt as kind of like a decoy where they really didn't go to him. But you have to, you know, you have to put the double team over there and it opens up other things. So maybe you see him in that kind of fashion where you'll see him on the field, but you won't see him actually getting the ball in his hands or anything like that because he's going to draw uh, – extra attention defensively because, I mean, because of his talent and his ability. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see something like that, but I completely agree with Amos. It, you do not play him in the real sense. You do not let put the ball in his hands uh, and get him hurt for the playoff run. There's no reason in it. Yeah, I know that you really want that top seed, but this is a playoff team. You're going to the playoffs for sure. Uh, just get there. That's what you need to worry about right now. Um on the other, like for the Texans in this, I think uh, you know JJ Watt said he's playing even though there's a broken hand. Uh, this defense has its hands full, even with Gronk and Edelman out. This Patriots team is still very talented. It's still Tom Brady um, and Bill Belichick who can turn almost anybody into you know starting wide receiver. Seems like uh, so it's going to be a tough game. I think for both teams. I think this is going to be a lot closer than people think it will be. It's in Houston. The Patriots have been struggling the last few weeks. Um, Houston's been playing well up until last week. And the Patriots are desperate to try to get back up into that top spot um, and, you know, get the first round by and the home field advantage and everything. Uh, And the Texans are really desperate 
to stay in contention for the playoffs and uh, win the AFC South. So I think both teams are going to come out really wanting this one, really fighting hard for it. I am going to take the Patriots, um, I was, but this was close. I almost took the Texans. This is a really tough Texans team, uh, and with all the weapons, you know, not being out. Of course, we mentioned Gronk and Edelman. I think that the Patriots will struggle a little bit, uh, but I still think that they're going to be able to win out in the end. This is going to be quite a matchup. Um, both of you made great points. You don't want to rush Gronk back out there, um, but he could be used as a decoy. I really, I really, I think that's a pretty good idea. Um, and I think I wouldn't be surprised to see him a, a couple balls thrown his way, um, just so that way the Patriots can keep him honest. Um, you know, maybe like a, a deep ball here and there where Brady can just kind of put it where either Gronk can get it or Noah can get it. Um, and then I wouldn't be surprised. And then the other thing, too, is you have to remember, Gronk is not just a great pass catcher, but he can also block pretty well, too. And I think that they're going to need him to try to help block on the line uh, just because of how bad that offensive line has been. So maybe they bring him in Chandler in a two-tight end set, but Chandler actually breaks off and runs around and Gronkowski stays to help block or the other way around. And... Then you look at the matchup. I think this is a must-win for both teams. Um, you know, we, you guys just said it. The Texans are trying to win the division, and then we're going to try to stay alive for a top seed, even if it's not the number one seed, at least in the number two seed, you get a, get a bye week in the playoffs. Um, and when I, you know, this, I was thinking about this last night <clears throat> before the bet. You know, I kind of, I was kind of going back and forth um, about, well, about how the Patriots could win this game. But I'm taking the Patriots to win this. I don't see them losing three games in a row. Um, you know, last week's show, I said the Patriots wouldn't make the same mistake as they did the week before against Denver, but they did. They had the, the uh, special teams issues, um, forcing the, the, the deep passes way too much, which just, I think that hurt the Patriots too. So um, I looked at this, and I think the Patriots are going to try to run the ball um, quite a bit on, on Houston. I think you're going to see Blunt and White get a good amount of carries, and I wouldn't be surprised to see James White kind of play Deion Lewis's role. And, you know, I don't know if you guys read my takeaway article from last week from the game, but I said that James White needed to be more involved in the passing game. He got 10 balls. He for the, the, That was the most by any Patriot um, player last week. For, I think it was 115 yards and a touchdown. And he had that huge fourth-down conversion on the last Patriots touchdown drive before they, um, before they um, I think it was the onside kicked in and worked in their favor. But, he looked really good catching the football, and I think the Patriots need to get him involved more in the passing game. Now, he's no Deion Lewis, but I still think you have to get him involved because if he showed up like that against the Eagles defense, who really did a pretty good job against the Patriots offense, that says a lot. And I think that if you can use him splitting out wide or in the backfield leaning up and down, it's going to help the Patriots passing game because then if Tom Brady is just going to constantly throw short passes to White, screen passes, little dump-offs, the defense might back off a little bit, giving Brady more time, because when you have J.J. Wan, Vince Wilfork on the same defensive line, that's a nightmare. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, um, he really hasn't done much of anything since he started his career, but this might be a game where he could get a few sacks or hits on Tom Brady. So there's a lot of different matchups you look at, but the key to me is getting James White the football, throwing it to him, letting him run the football, and then trying to get that defense to back off a little bit by having short, quick passes to him and Danny Amendola, and then try to throw a deep to LaFell on some of the tight ends. Sorry, guys. I have my mic muted. Uh, yeah, I was just going to 
put one quick note in there. Just give me a yes or no answer. It's possible that Bill Belichick is using this whole Gronk scenario to get ahead of Bill, Bill O'Brien, yes or no? Peter? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Peter? So, uh, can you answer that question, ask that question again? Bill Belichick is using this Gronk scenario to get ahead of Bill O'Brien, yes or no? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, Bill O'Brien, he's uh, definitely um, – he's a little bit of a head case. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see the patient who's getting his head. <laughs> and Ryan. Absolutely. Bill Belichick is like the king of mind games, man. Uh, yeah, absolutely he does this. <laughs> That's, that, that, that was one of the comments I posted in the Patriots fan group that, you know, don't be surprised if Gronk doesn't even suit up and they're just making them game plan extra and then – Somebody said, well, Bill O'Brien used to work for the Patriots, so he knows what Bill Belichick's all about. Uh, real quickly, lock, our lock and upset picks of the week. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say all of us are taking Seattle over Baltimore for the locks of the week. That is my lock of the week, my upset pick of the week. You heard it earlier. I'm going to take the Saints over the Buccaneers. Ryan? Um. Yeah, I, I completely agree with the lock of the week. I'm taking Seattle over the Ravens. Uh Upset of the week, uh, Jaguars over the Colts is my uh, upset game of the week. Uh, Peter. Um, so, lock pick of the week, I am going to take the Seahawks over the Ravens. And then for upset pick of the week, I'm going to take the Raiders over the Broncos. Mm. And Amos. Uh, I think my lock for the week, I'm also going to go with my lock. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going with Kansas City over San Diego. And my upset, I know I picked Carolina, but I'm going to go with the lane over Carolina. And, and I think the uh, the best pick, I, I think the Kansas City uh, over San Diego is a safe bet as well for those that are entering pools. Uh, real quickly, uh, I lost Ryan, so I'm going to start out with, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, we do kind of do a little bit of variety when we get a chance. We've got a few minutes left. Uh, last night, the Golden State Warriors were undefeated, lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, you know, that that was the, one of the biggest stories that broke, and I think Ryan was just like, oh, wow, really? <laughs> I think the final score of that game was like 105 to 88, right, Amos? Yeah, I think it's like 108-95 or something, something like that. Yeah, uh, what do you make of the, the Golden State Warriors? Because, you know, some teams will actually, you know, they'll go on this hot streak, they'll lose the game, and then there's that entire fear of going on a, a losing streak. Um, I'm not You know, in a, in a strange way, I'm almost happy for the Golden State Warriors because at that point, when you're 24-0, at that point, almost every game is a playoff game. You get to the point where you feel like you have to win it to keep that streak going. I think this could be the best thing that happened to them is now, instead of trying to play so tense and trying to get that win to get that streak going, they can just kind of sit back, relax, rest some players. They're still probably going to win, you know, high 50s, low 60s games. I don't think there's anything to worry about. I think you just, I think you just play your game the rest of the season. I mean, that pressure's off of you. I think you'll see them in the NBA Finals again. But, I mean, I think this is the best thing that could happen to them personally. No way Dallas is going to win the West. I'm just kidding. I'm a Mavericks fan. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about the uh, Golden State Warriors loss last night? No NBA team has ever gone on the seven-game road trip and won all seven games. And Mm -hmm. Golden State went and won the first six. 
and then dropped one. Uh, I still think this is by far the best team in the NBA. I still think they have a real shot at um, at breaking the Chicago Bulls record for most wins in a season. Uh, this team's phenomenal. Um, a lot of people, you know, when they go along streaks like this, will look at a team and they finally lose a game and they they get real down on them. This team's twenty four and one. You know, this is an outstanding basketball team. Uh, those long road trips are, are unbelievably tough. Um, on a team, you know, they're hard. You're constantly traveling. Uh, they're going to go back home now, reset, and I think that they're going to be um, back to their winning ways uh, in no time at all. I think that this is um, the most exciting basketball team I think I've ever watched, and I'm not a Golden State fan at all. Uh, but the most exciting team I've ever watched in my lifetime. Um, and they're outstanding. Uh, so I don't think they're going to have any issues uh, moving forward. You know, of course, this had to come to an end sometime. But 24 games uh, to start the season, I believe it's 29 games uh, since their last – or no, 28 games since their last loss, I believe. Um, you know, that's outstanding. That's such a long winning streak. It's very impressive. I think they said it was the second longest – uh, winning streak in NBA history. Uh, so very impressive. My hat's off to, you know, Steph Curry and the whole team. And, Peter, what do you make of this? Not really. I mean, it's not a big deal. I was seeing people online last night making jokes about how people are going to freak out, saying, oh, my God, they lost. You know, what, what's next? It's really not anything to me. I think it's just, you know, like Amos said, it's good because it, takes a lot of pressure off them now to continue a win streak. Um, I really enjoy watching the Golden State Warriors play, and one loss won't do anything to them. I still, I still think Golden State's going to repeat as champions. And Like I said, one loss after 24 straight wins to me is nothing. Um, even if they lose a couple games, it's just it is what it is, and this team is still really red hot. One loss will define the season for me right now this early. And... Uh... <laughs> Hey, to say it, Ryan, but how about the midshipmen? They lost another one. Yeah. The Army, uh, were they the Air Force Falcons again? What do you think of that one? Yeah, uh, man, it's such a close game. I was really rooting for Army. Uh, of course, anybody, any listeners that don't know, Rich is uh, a Navy vet, and I am an Army veteran. Um you know, I man, I really wanted Army to win this game. They played really good. Uh, almost came up with the victory. They tried to force a couple plays late that ended up being turnovers. Um, man, they played good. They played really good, a lot better than people expected. I believe that Navy was something like a 22-point favorite and only won by four points. So Army played a heck of a game. Uh, I was really impressed. Um I watched this whole game, and Edgar Allan Poe, which is actually the name of one of the players in the Army, he had an outstanding game. Uh, and they, the defense really stepped up for the Army and really had a fantastic game. They held Navy with something like 2 of 10 uh, on third down. They played an outstanding game, but just couldn't pull it out in the end. Another exciting uh, game in this Army-Navy matchup. Uh, but we're going to get you next year. <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh, any of you guys got some quick thought onto this? We got a few minutes to go, and I wanted to uh, quickly pick the Monday night game. Well, congrats to the quarterback of Navy for having the most rushing touchdowns in um, NCAA history. Just incredible. So, I'm happy for him. 
Yeah, I agree. He had a stellar season. Yep. I thought yes, he did he very did. well. And, and last but not least, before we get to this Monday night game real quick, uh, there was a fight on last night. I don't follow UFC. Ryan, you're the one that wanted to bring it up, so uh, go ahead and let everybody know what was going on with that one. Uh, it was a huge fight last night. Uh, UFC 194, of course, was the uh, the fight between uh, Jose Aldo and uh, Conor McGregor. Um, you know, a lot of hype behind this fight. A lot of uh, a lot of people talking about this fight. You know, for a while now, uh, McGregor's really like an, really came up big in the last and becoming like a star in the UFC. And then Aldo's been on top of the game for so long in that uh, featherweight class. Uh, you know, I think it's said, said something like 10 years since his last loss. Unbelievable reign that he's had. Um, and they come up and, and this fight, and in 13 seconds, uh, fight's over. McGregor uh, knocked out Aldo. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen uh, the replay of it yet, um, Aldo was coming forward on the attack, and Gregor slipped a punch right in as he was slipping forward, and that uh, completely caught him off guard, knocked him on the floor, and Gregor jumped on top of him, uh, you know, dropped like a hammer fist, I think, once or twice, and then the ref got in and called it. 13 seconds from start to finish, uh, Conor McGregor ends up uh, winning and taking the belt. Uh, I'm sorry, Abos. Why don't you just go ahead and tell everybody what you just told us off the air about the 13 oh, seconds? Oh, uh, Conor, Mc- yeah, Conor McGregor <laughs> went in 13 seconds. I mean, he almost beat my record in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna add nothing to that because I didn't watch the fight. I, I made the joke about. Well, no, I'm I'm just saying I made the joke about. Uh, you know, I'm I'm about as redneck as it comes because I don't even pay for pay per view events as it is. Uh, real quickly, uh, I, I don't know if you had anything to add to that, Peter, because we got a few minutes to go here. Uh, real quickly, guys, uh, Monday Night Football, uh, Giants at Dolphins. Uh, you know, this is another NFC East game, and I'm going to really quickly pick this one. I hate the Giants. I'm sorry, Patriots fans, but I don't think Miami's that great of a football team this year. I'm going Giants with this one. Giants, yeah. I, I, Miami's just too inept right now, but it'll be close for the Giants to win. Uh, Amos. We'll go with the Dolphins. And Ryan. Take the same. Giants have lost three straight. I think they're going to continue that, and I believe in Dan Campbell, so Dolphins win this at home. Okay, that, that's about all we got for you guys. We've got a few minutes left. Uh, like I said uh, earlier during our introduction, uh, this whole the whole uh, format of this show is going to be much better. There's not going to be any static, any more drop calls and none of that other mess. Uh, the guy that we're working for now is actually working on our sound bits and everything. Uh, Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, uh, we're still going to do the whole trial run before we do the relaunch. So we're going to give you content five nights a week. Uh, the free-for-all show will actually go on Friday morning. Uh, it is going to not be the Basketball Diaries, like we said. I did not bother looking at my calendar when writing it. Uh, the the Christmas movies are as follows for that show, and it's going to be a strict Christmas movie show for the free-for-all. Uh, it is Christmas Vacation, Scrooged, uh, A Christmas Story. Peter, what was your movie? Um... I think it was a very Merry Christmas is a Netflix special, so I'm going to check that out and see what that's all about. And we can right. use that one. I think it's a, a musical or 
or something like that, but it looks pretty good. All right, there you have it. Uh, that's the show slate for next week. We're going to have some really cool stuff going on. Uh, once again, thanks, everyone, for listening. Sorry. Sorry about the whole uh, static issues. We're going to be much bigger and better in the weeks coming. Uh, have a great day. Or have a great day. See you guys on Monday night.